Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. No one over the age of 10 will ever forget the great Texas blackout of 2021. We were plunged into third world, literally third world conditions. And so ever since that time, Texas politicians, Texas regulators, and Texas generators in particular have been scrambling to cover up their leading roles in bringing that about. And now they're at it again. Last week, the Public Utility Commission of Texas issued a report that is describing the path forward. There's a lot of options there still. Nothing's been finalized, but the general path forward for a total market redesign of ERCOT, which is the electricity market that covers most of Texas. So this week, on episode 104 of the Liberty Cafe, we're going to talk about how this may spell the end of an affordable and reliable supply of electricity in Texas. Hi, this is Bill Peacock, and welcome to the Liberty Cafe. As always, it's a blessing to have you here with me. It's a blessing to have you listening in. It's a blessing to be taking part in the battle for liberty with you as we fight this battle here in Texas. And it's also, of course, a blessing to be part of the fight with Texas Scorecard, a great group of men and women fighting for liberty and, and spreading news of that fight to everywhere and showing us as Texans where we need to concentrate our efforts and as Christians where we need to focus and concentrate our prayers. So we're going to get in today to this new PUC plan, and, and I'm going to strive. It, it can get really technical, and I'm going to strive just to keep it plain for for all of us, really, because the, the one of the things that big government and big government advocates use to to help us help confuse us about things is they make everything really complex. And through all this complexity, it's really hard to see the truth. And of course, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to turn us away from the truth for, you know, a variety of reasons, but one is in this case, they don't want to be held responsible for what they have done to assist the collapse of the Texas electricity market. And then some folks in government just don't want us to see the truth at all because they're in the process of trying to turn our government into a tyranny. So let's go back just briefly to the great Texas blackout of 2021. There's so much that went on during that time, and I don't need to remind uh, most of you of what happened. So I, I'm not going to get back into that. What I want to do is just look at, talk about the three primary factors that we have to focus on when we're thinking about what happened. Number one, it got really cold. It was a record cold event. It was the coldest that Texas has ever been in my entire life. And um, I was born in 1959. So that, that gets us close to a one in a hundred year event, a true one in a hundred year event. And Texas just wasn't ready for it because for the most part, Texas shouldn't be ready in some ways for one in a hundred year event. We, we can make plans and we can try to mitigate things, but there's no way if we spent all the money we needed to protect ourselves from 
every one in a hundred year event, whether it's flooding or rain or heat or whatever, we'd go broke. And, And so we have to moderate how much money we spend on things. So that's factor number one. It was really cold. Factor number two are subsidies for renewable energy. That has been going on here in Texas since about 1999 or so. Just depends on where you start counting. And it, it certainly wasn't very much in those early years, but it's grown rapidly both at the federal level and the state level and the local level. For this year, for instance, there's going to be over $2 billion worth of subsidies for renewable energy, and that's trailed off a little bit, although it's probably going to pick up pretty soon again with the all the renewable subsidies, the new renewable subsidies contained in the Inflation Reduction Act that our government recently passed with, uh, I might add, the help of Republicans in both the House and the Senate. So there, there's factor number two. That has caused a tremendous increase in renewable energy production here in Texas, wind and solar, which has flooded and disrupted the Texas market. And then number three is the manipulation of prices. So one of the big problems, of course, with the blackout was we, we didn't have electricity. And, and th- that was a big problem. That, that had something to do with it being really cold. It had a lot to do with there being subsidies for renewable energy. And it also had something to do with the manipulation, excuse me, the manipulation of prices. Because what had been going on for years in the PUC is that it was so scared of these companies, big generation companies, manipulating prices themselves and earning uh, too much profit, market power abuse, exercising market power uh, and abusing their market power is, is the one of the economic terms for that, that the PUC went the other way. They forced prices down. Now, it was partly, a significant part of that was the renewable energy subsidies driving prices down. But another, not the cost, by the way, because those subsidies came out of our pocketbooks from our tax bills, right? So we pay for electricity two ways today, through tax bills, both income taxes and property taxes, and through our electric bills. So just because we may pay a lower price for some renewable energy doesn't mean it costs less. It just means they're hiding how we're paying for it. And so these, so the government was pushing down the prices of electricity through these renewable subsidies, but also through other interventions in the marketplace because they were afraid of generators making too much money. Well, guess what happened? They were really successful. And turns out generators weren't making enough money, or at least not enough money to really invest in the new natural gas fired generation that we need here in Texas to keep the lights on. Now, that hasn't always been the case. We went to what we call a energy-only market, where basically we're just paying for electricity that we buy, which is the way the market should be. And that worked well from 2000 or so when that got started through about 2013 or 14. But but the manipulation of prices got so bad by the PUC and the, and the entities that regulate electricity in Texas that the market started failing in many ways. And that's why we ran into the problem we ran into in 2021. 
So a, a lot of people would look at the perspective of the blackouts and say that it was the cold. The, the cold was the main proponent, the main cause of the, the blackouts. That and perhaps a uh, lack of winterization by irresponsible generators. Right? So th that's kind of the party line from politicians and regulators and generators, except the generators don't call themselves irresponsible. But I would suggest to you that the real problem is was the renewable energy subsidies over billions and billions of dollars over 20-plus years in the Texas market and the ongoing manipulation of prices. Because if you recall, it wasn't just that we we're out of electricity. It's that electricity got really expensive. So the prices go up when you have a shortage, and that happened here in Texas. And you know, the, during the winter storm, the price of electricity per per megawatt hour was went up from oh, you know, the average. If you just look on it any given day, it's probably around fifty dollars. That wide variations, but about fifty dollars. But on the the day that the winter storm really hit, that Monday. Monday morning, Monday afternoon, prices were at about $2,000. But the PUC just, off the top of its head, arbitrarily and capriciously decided to raise prices to $9,000. Their, their rationale was, well, if we raise prices, people, more people will sell electricity. But the big flaw in their rationale and in their minds was that there was no more electricity to be sold. The, the winter storm had knocked out a lot of power, Everybody was already trying to get their generation back online because a lot of generators were losing money. They still had generation to supply to people, and if they couldn't do it, they had to go buy it to honor their contracts. But the PUC raised their prices prices to $9,000 per megawatt. And, and what happened was, and they kept it there for like three days. And so we, we piled up a bill, and it's counted a lot of different ways, but... 16 billion, 30 billion, but whatever the particular number of people would put on it, Texans spent more for electricity in the week, two weeks around the winter storm, Uri, than they had in the previous two years combined. So, so that's the big picture of what we're looking at. So we get to last week, and this, the Public Utility Commission had been tasked by Governor Greg Abbott about a year ago, last July, to make a totally redesign the electricity market here in Texas, called the market redesign. And so the PUC had hired this company, E3 is what it's called. Let's see, I have it written down here somewhere. Well, I can't see it, but it's energy and electricity and something else. Anyway, E3. And so over the last several months, E3 has been putting together this report. Now, it's E3's report, but trust me, the PC has had a significant amount of input into what this report will look like. And some, some of the things I know for a fact that are in this report, E3 really doesn't like, but they were told to put it in by the PUC, and so they did. And so they're, it's a total mess. And why is it a total mess? Well, there are three main reasons for that. 
and I'll go through them briefly right now. Number one, so what the PUC's report, the E3 report, does, it just doubles down on the status quo. So, so they go through and they create six alternative forms of energy markets that we might be able to use here in Texas. And they weigh those against what they call their status quo option. And so they, they look at the costs of the these six options and they look at the reliability of these six options and they say, okay, this option number one is costs this much more than the status quo. And this option number two brings this much more reliability than the status quo. But what they don't do is look at the status quo, the energy only market in Texas, and look at that and say, well, the status quo is not good. Why don't we, because it's not really an energy only market, why don't we model what a true energy only market looks like? Maybe the, the what the market looked like in Texas 10 years ago or something like that, or even better, just what a true energy only market would look like, and then model that and then compare these new models, these new alternatives to what a real energy only market would look like. But, but they don't do that because everybody, the politicians and the regulators and the generators all want to get away from the energy only market. The politicians want to get away from it and the regulators really want to get away from the energy only market because they can't control it. And if they can't control it, they're afraid that they're going to get blamed for something that they weren't in control of. And so they think that they can control it and keep bad things from happening. Well, that, that's not going to happen, but that's what they envision in their minds because they, what they, if they go back to 2021, they think the problem was that they weren't in control. And if they had been in control, we wouldn't have had these blackouts. The truth is they were in control in a lot of ways. They were manipulating prices. They're throwing subsidies at renewable energy and traditional generators. And that's what really messed up the market. So they think doubling down on the interventions that they have been doing for the last 10 years or so is going to make things better. But it's not. And, of course, the generators want to get away from an energy-only market because they don't like competing. When Texas first went to this model, it was the only state in Texas and one of the few places in the entire world that allowed market prices generally to set the, the price of electricity, market forces to set the market price of electricity rather than having regulators involved in all that. And at first, regulators, I mean, the generators were making money hand over fist because there were high gas prices and a lot of factors. But then once the market got into place and competition really dug in, some of the generators stopped making money. Some of them went bankrupt. And it's the only state where these big companies have to do that. And they decided they liked a lot better going to these other states and asking regulators to give them money from the consumers than, rather than having to go to the consumers themselves and ask for money because they had this, this regulatory system all set out and they could get themselves better profits for less work through a regulated system. So that, that's why the generators want to get rid of this energy-only system. And so that's the first big flaw of this report by the PUC and E3 is it just doubles down and provides more regulation on top of the failed regulation that we've already seen. The, the second one 
the second flaw in all this is that the E3 report doesn't provide a path for slowing or stopping the growth of renewable energy, intermittent generation, which is renewable energy. Because why is it intermittent? Because a natural gas plant, for instance, can generate electricity 24 hours a day, basically, on call. Now, you know, it's going to have some downtime for maintenance and those types of things, but they run, I can't remember the exact term, but probably 97, 98% of the time they're generating, they run about that much of their capacity. But that's not true for wind and solar. The wind, wind power can only generate electricity when the wind's blowing. And quite often, it's not blowing when we need it the most, uh, like 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon or at 1 a.m., on a cold February morning when freeze temperatures are down into around 10 degrees across the state, there was no wind. Of course, we have the same problem with uh, solar, right? Solar at least has the benefit of generating electricity during the day on a regular basis when we need it, but it's still intermittent because if the clouds come by, there's a problem. That happened this, this May, I think it was, where it was really hot over in East Texas, Austin, basically, and east of here. But cloud cover came over West Texas, where all the wind is, most of the wind is, and it messed up the whole system, and we had a nearly a bad event come out of that. And, of course, solar power was nowhere to be found again at 1 a.m. on that freezing cold Monday morning back in February. So that's what intermittency means. Yet, over the last... Let's go back 15 years or so to 2007. Renewables have just overloaded the system. So if we go back to 2007, nuclear, gas, and coal generation made up about 94% of the electricity generated in Texas. Wind was 2.9%. Solar was non-existent. But today, what has happened is that Solar and wind combined now make up 37% of the electricity generated in Texas. That's so far in 2022. Gas, coal, and nuclear all of a sudden are down to about 59%. And in fact, wind now generates at 32% generates more electricity in Texas than does gas. Well, you can see some of the problems that creates in that we're so heavily reliant on wind and solar. And if we need the electricity, we can't count on it being there. That, that's a big problem. And that's one of the problems we see in the summer all the time. And particularly a couple of times, um, specifically back to 2021, on, on when it comes to the intermittency problems of renewable energy. And so the, the last thing I want to talk about is how this new market design they're coming up with, and it really doesn't matter which design they go with. There, there's a favored one. The chairman of the PUC has a favored part of the proposal. Not all the people on the five-member PUC agree with him, but that seems to be the direction they're heading. But whichever one they go with, it's going to cost Texans billions of dollars. And there's, there's all kinds of money you know, places where this money is coming from. For instance, right now, well, back in January, the PUC increased the operation of what is known as the Operating Reserve Demand Curve, or the ORDC. 
it's it's very highly technical. I don't understand all of it, but basically what it does is it it has the PC and ERCOT managers have made the decision that the market doesn't work so that the demand curves in this market for whatever reason aren't working. And so the ORDC is a bureaucratic effort to replace the market price curves. And they do that. And what they do is when certain conditions, particularly tight conditions, when when we're getting, when generation is getting, um, or when, let me put it another way, when demand is getting close to the maximum generation that we have available, it starts artificially increasing prices. Now, why does it do that? Well, they would tell you that it's the hope that more people will come in and sell electricity. But why they're really doing it, it's just a, a straight subsidy to generators who have been complaining for a decade or so now that they're not making enough money. And so they, they this is literally the truth. They put this ORDC in, for the, and the only reason to do that was to get more money to generators. Now, did generators need more money? Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. But if they did need more money, the reason they were running short on money was because the, the, the problems that renewable energy subsidies were causing and dropping prices on the market because renewable energy generators sell low a lot because they're getting all these subsidies so they can actually sell below market prices and still make a profit because of their subsidies. And then, of course, the other reason was the market manipulation by PUC regulators who were scared to death of these companies making too much money. So go figure. So so that that is about $2 billion so far this year. It could go a little bit higher before we get to the end of the year, the ORDC. And one study has estimated that it will add at least an additional $1.3 billion on top of that next year. So next year, the ORDC could cost Texas consumers about $3.3 billion. So there, there's $3 billion of the cost. Then there's all the cost of what's known as securitization. Remember, we had that $16 billion electricity bill from 2021. Well, rather than make consumers pay all that at one time, what they did was the state allowed these companies that are sell electricity, and part of these costs are also in natural gas sellers, retailers, to go out and borrow money, bond, sell bonds, and use those bonds to pay the high bills that they faced. Because, you know, some of these uh, retailers just went broke. Others were able to survive and go sell these bonds. And then now we as consumers are going to be paying those bonds off for the next 30 years or so. There's another, uh, well, about $10.5 billion dollars or so cost. That's over the whole period of time. That should run out to about $400 million per year we're paying extra on that. And then on top of that, there's just the cost of renewable energy subsidies, right? From uh, As I mentioned before, it's about $2 billion this year. Uh, and just to break that down for you, about $237 million of that's coming from property tax abatements at the local level. About $700 million of that is coming from state subsidies of different sorts. And about $1.2 billion of that's coming from the federal government. So if you add all those costs up, plus about the, the $400 million cost that the E3 report says the new alternatives are going to cost, you add all that up. And it looks like by the year 2026, when that comes around, Texans will be spending $6.4 billion more on electricity 
than the real true market price for electricity. And all that is coming about because politicians in Texas are scared to admit their fault, that they've been subsidizing renewable energy and traditional energy generation for years, manipulating prices for years, and they don't want you to know that they caused all this problem. And so rather than have you find out why things went wrong, then they're just going to make you pay more money and pretend like it never happened. Now, there is a way out of this, and basically, the, the, the bottom line here is to get government, get politicians, get regulators out of the electricity business and let buyers, that's us, you and me and ExxonMobil and Target and small businesses, let the buyers work with the sellers through a market and decide what the prices need to be. That, that works everywhere. I know some people get scared that how can I stand up to a big company, but it works all the time. It talks about clothes. It works with um, computers. It, it works with all kinds of things. Go to Ikea. Look at the prices there. Go try and buy a, you know, a laptop. Now, doesn't mean that inflation isn't getting in the way of all that today, but still it works. And so if we just let buyers and sellers work together, eliminate all these subsidies and all these manipulations of prices, all of us here in Texas can have an affordable and reliable supply of electricity. Well, thank you for being with me today on the Liberty Cafe. Blessing to have you here with me. And please go on over to texasscorecard.com and see what you can do to contribute to the battle for liberty in Texas. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.